I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening, Ryan. I'm going to go with first names only because Tom fried me on it last week. So we have a special guest for this evening uh, that we're super excited about, a very talented local bait maker. Uh, But before we get into that, let's see who we have on the call tonight. I'm going to start with Tom. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hey, hello. We also have in the great from the Great White North, Mr. Nick. It's snowing. It is snowing. I saw on the news you guys are pretty much iced over. Oh yeah. Yeah. Only right. a ten minute delay on the drive can home today. Can we come up there and drill some holes yet, Nick? Uh, Wilhelm, you probably could. Ooh, well, watch actually, out! Because at- everyone's going to be flocking there tomorrow now. <laughs> Nick's a lot. Uh, Nick. Let me know what. Let me know how it looks at Canadota if you're if you're in that area because I All would right. like to go up there and and uh, drill a few holes someday. It's probably Canadota's probably got a little while. Yeah. We also we also have on the line tonight, Donnie. Hello, everyone. And lastly, we have Big O's Bucktails, Mister Owen. Good evening, guys. I will say for the record, it does feel weird not saying everybody's last name. I don't know why. I said last names were okay, but just no no World of Warcraft names or real life or real people names. No, like, no Pennsylvania ones. Yeah, at Pennsylvania Monsters. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. So we have a special guest tonight. What is this? Episode nine? Is that where we're at right now? I believe you. Uh, we're getting yeah, we're up there. Some something like that. Moving right along. All right, Owen, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce our guest for this evening and tell us what we're going to talk about? All right, so first and foremost, we're going to have our our good buddy Mark King on the line here tonight with us. We've got him. We got him here tonight. Say hello, Mark. Hey guys, how are you doing? So What's happening, Mark? Not a so lot. Part of our focus on the upcoming Musky Max. Uh, weekend which uh, we haven't given a lot of detail up until this point but mark is going to be presenting is going to have a booth at musky max and i am going to have one as well Uh, a lot of the people that you know i'm sure anyone that's listening to this podcast most likely has heard of musky max but for those that haven't it's scheduled for Saturday, March 5th of 2022 and Sunday, March 6th of 2022. And it's to take place at the Printscape Arena, which is uh, in like the South, South Point area, Cannonsburg area of, of Pittsburgh. And this is just a really cool event because it allows guys like me who have just gotten started building baits to get to know guys like Mark King, who we have here tonight, as well as, so just as a little backup, my first year at Muskie Max was 2020, and Mark was right next to me on one side, and I had Dale Wiley on the other side. So, you know, my first year, and I got guys, you know, that have been doing this a long time, like Mark, and then, you know, an absolute, you know, legend like Dale Wiley next to me. So I got a a good education. So I think we're going to have a good time talking to Mark here tonight about what his plans are for 
this year's musky max what models he's got uh going and you know just we're gonna have a little general conversation about western pennsylvania musky fishing and his experiences and you know how he did this year in particular and you know maybe some things about what bigger fish caught on his baits things like that who knows where this this evening will take us so so let's let's start with mark why don't you kind of introduce yourself guys mark king uh from slippery rock pennsylvania I've uh, been building lures now since 2008 and been in business since 2018. So not too and, long, but I've been building for quite a while. And your business name is Keystone <laughs> Kings, right? Yeah, Keystone King Musky Lures. Okay. And for our listeners, what like what primarily what's your what's your bread and butter? Making gliders. Yeah, it all started with gliders, and now I'm kind of transitioning a little bit into some twitch baits. Okay. Which is so going to be new for this year. Sorry, what, I don't mean to what, keep interrupting you. That's all right. What got you started with gliders? Like, because gliders are tough because you got to deal with the buoyancy and different movements. I mean, it would seem like a glider is kind of a more expert level bait in terms of wood woodworking and making a musky bait, but I may be totally wrong. Well... When I first started building lures, I started building crankbaits, uh, mostly to cast. I found out it's no fun. So I transitioned. I like throwing gliders. That's like one of my favorite ways to fish. So I'm like, if I'm going to fish this way, let's figure out how to make lures this way, you know, that I can use myself. So that's how it all started. And yeah, it is a process as far as getting the weighting correct to get them the glide the way you want them but once you uh figure it out it's straight ahead and this year was really my first year spending a lot of time with glide baits and i only have i think i had one phantom or two phantoms from when i had first started but everything i threw this year was was a keystone king's uh you know glider and i've really got the hang of it so to speak with the thanks of Tom to a, a large degree of him teaching me how to, how to twitch it. But, you know, it's such a, that's, that's a very specific art to glide bait. So what, you know, how did you get it dialed in? How did you get it figured out to, to make it twitch, you know, side to side the way yours, yours do. Trial and error. Yeah. I went through, I think on the first lore that I designed, I think I had like eight different prototypes as far as where to place the weight, how much weight to put in them. You know, each wood blank weighs different. So then you have to compromise and adjust the weighting for each one. It, it, it's a process. That's why I've been doing it since 2008 and just recently started, you know, selling them to other people because I wanted to make sure one, they worked correctly and two, that they actually caught fish, so. So your baits are all wooden. Yes, all my gliders, twitch baits, everything's out of wood, yeah. Now what made you progress from gliders to the twitches? People asking for them. <laughs> hey, I want to go back a minute too cuz uh there's some diving rise baits in there too and I I think uh that's that's like that bait that we've we've talked about before that gets just really underutilized here in PA for whatever reason. But Mark, I know I've seen some of your dive and rise baits and that 
that was uh was that the same deal was that like one of the first you know keystone kings or was it where did that fall in after the glider no actually it probably i started probably building them in like 2015 somewhere around there and that's my favorite way to fish actually i'd rather throw a jerk bait than a glider but there's certain times of the year where gliders outperform the diving rise and I, I just, I'm like, I like throwing certain types of diving rise baits, but there was always something missing from, say, a Suic and a Bobby bait that I didn't like. So I'm like, I'm going to make a diving rise the way I want it. You know, one that you can throw into the wind without getting the backlash because it's heavy, but yet it has the action that I want from, say, like a sand cat, how it shimmies. So I kind of tried to incorporate all of those great baits into something that I was making. Yeah, that's uh, the, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I, I honestly, I would love to see. Are you going to have any of those available at Max? I, I, I was just going to ask that that question. I think I have maybe like four of them done, but I, I wasn't planning on it. For some reason, they weren't a very popular bait the last couple musky maxes so i'm kind of like shifting to where you know demand is asking they want gliders so that's where i was putting my efforts into it all right so there's there's a smaller glider coming out this year too correct or is that on the the secret weapon yeah that came out i actually made that last year and it was going to debut musky max but unfortunately it was canceled so but yeah, they've been out for over a year now and they've done by and far, that was probably my most popular glider last year. I, I probably sold three times them compared to the other ones combined. That's probably the one that I spent the most amount of time with this year. Uh, I bought two of those last year from you at the lore swap and, uh, or prior to the lore swap. And you know, those, those things, they, they're, they're just right in ten, like it, the lake that I fish, you know, it's a lot of lily pads and things like that, where you can really throw those little ones back in there and twitch it, uh, you know, with those glide, those little glide, you know, the glide twitches, I would be, you know, thrilled to, to try out one of your twitch baits when, you know, whenever those are, are ready for production. And I guess that's the next question. Are, are any of the twitch baits coming to Mus- Musky Max? The big ones. Yes. You say big ones, how big? They're like nine and a half inches. I think I have 18 of them that I'm going to bring to Musky Max. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to make more than that. I'm going to see how they do before I, you know, decide to bring more to Musky Max. Now, are they a pretty pure suspending? Uh, like, do they suspend, are they neutral or do they rise or do they fall? No, they're, fa- or they're, what, they're pretty you know, fast. Sorry. They're pretty fast rising, but I, li- I wanted them that way because the lighter they are, the more action you can impart in them when you twitch them. They do have some weight in them, but they don't dive very deep. They were made specifically for fishing like the top two feet of the water column up in the weeds. Is that a plastic lip or one of those Lexan lips? Or It's Lexan, yes. Uh, okay. And it's well, I can tell you. Sorry, Donnie. No, 
But all I was going to say is if uh, you're sitting right next to the Hunks booth again this year, there's not going to be 18 by the time the show starts. I was going to say, I was going to poach a couple of those before. <laughs> those are probably a couple of those will be gone on Friday well, see, evening. I wanted to ask Mark too, because are you, st- are you still taking orders or how is your, uh, your work queue at this point with Bates? Uh, I have a few orders, but um, I'm trying to focus my attention towards Muskie Max right now. But if someone contacts me, I'll definitely take care of them. I was just going to ask, like, is that something like, say we, you know, somebody wanted one of your Twitch baits to try out or do you, do you just recommend like getting that at the show or do yeah, you, the Twitch okay. baits are, I'm not letting them out until the show. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure. Nice try, That's Ryan. Right. No hey. one else is getting <laughs> their hands on any. See, the, the, the bad part is I, I, uh, we, we did get a day to fish last year. And I did get to see one of those in person, which makes it really hard for me to not <laughs> beg you for an order ahead of time. But that's all good. I'll, I can I can uh, I can get in line super early at Muskie Max. I've done that before. <laughs> all right. So this year, so the Twitch bait you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a, a, a number of those, and they're all one size. So they're all gonna be what, about nine and a half inches. And does that have a like a rubber tail, or I mean a rubber on the on the back hook or is it just a no it's just the hard twitch bait like a slammer or a jake or a grandma and what size gliders are you bringing as well you said the secret weapon that is yeah, that the like secret a weapon is the smallest one i make it's five and a quarter inches without okay. the tail that is such and a that... cool little bait i'm telling you like this is such a cool little bait yeah Think of the like the little four inch phantom on steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the little B, which is six and a half inches. The Mr. T, same at six and a half inches, but it's wider. And then I'm coming out with the big B also at Muskie Max, and it's eight and a half inches without the tail. And it weighs just like seven and three quarter ounces. It's a big son of a gun. Yeah, that's a big bait. Wow. Yeah. And those those are all going to be like a slow sink. Yes. Are they all pretty similar sink rate or does it vary? No, it, it varies. Um, the little bees probably sinks the fastest. It's so do you find that your baits being that they're made out of wood, do they does the sink rate change as you know as the bait ages? I haven't noticed that. No. I make my lures out of mahogany. So if the epoxy happens to get damaged, I don't think the mahogany takes on water like say cedar would. Uh, so yeah, I haven't noticed that they sink faster or, or have any type of difference once that epoxy gets damaged. You're kind of thinking like the the cutthroat jerk baits and to beat the paint off of them and they like the old exactly. clogs where you soak them in the uh, yeah. live well for two days yeah. and then use them, yeah, right. No, I right. And it's that. and I've heard the same thing about Leos. You know the Leo jerk baits. Like you 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 work work the paint off the sides and those things will take on a whole new kind of a whole new action. Yeah, yeah I haven't noticed that one. See, I haven't I haven't noticed anything because I can't I can't crack your epoxy. I've thrown yeah. those things off of That's, rocks and bridges. I was trying to and, think how to say that. The epoxy ones, you don't seem to ever have that issue with them. With right. them, uh, taking them. well, uh, 
I, I, one of my field testers just got a tooth in one of the new ones and it put a hole right down Thank to the you. bare woods. So oh, wow. all it takes is one fish. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of epoxy do you use? I use uh, EX74. That's on the outer coats. When I'm sealing the bait, I use Envirotex Light. Okay. I thin it down and seal them with that. Now, this is backing up a little bit, but I asked Evan this last week. What came for, I mean, I think I know the answer here, just going off of how you talk about it, but what came first for you? Was it the woodworking uh, interest and then you decided, oh, hey, you know what? I want to make lures or did you want to make lures and then you taught yourself how to woodwork? Actually, I started woodworking in high school. Okay. I think I had four wood shops my senior year. I took it in college. I actually... I've always enjoyed working with wood. So I've done a lot of different things. And then back in 2008, I'm sure you guys remember, but the listeners may not, I was involved in a car accident and got hurt. So I spent a lot of time on the internet and I happened to find a lure building website and uh, became friends with one of the guys who was posted on there. And he kind of like molded me to how I am today and how to get started and the certain steps you need to take. So I, I owe a lot of gratitude to him. Well, that's that similar to what Evan, Evan had yeah. said was that, you know, you got to have somebody to kind of teach you. I mean, no one's going to teach you, teach you like, you know, every little, you got to learn how to do the little things, but you kind of have to have a mentor or someone to look up to, to kind of teach you the ropes. And, and, and there, you know, I think that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, is that somebody that, that you, you know, are, are they still building baits? He is, but he just recently moved to Utah. So he's just starting to get back into it. It's uh Vince Shazenka. I don't know if you know who he is or not. He went under fat finger baits, but okay. uh, yeah. I owe... Let's ask Nick. Nick is the musky bait historian of the group. I've never seen one. I've read the uh, name but I haven't seen one in person. Him and John Snow, I'm sure you heard of him. Yep. yep. They, okay. they kind of like started yeah. that. Uh, it's Ohio Game Fishing. And uh, that's how I got I got hooked on that website. And I think I read every, you know, post that was on there when I was hurt. And uh, I still look up to, I mean, I have friends now that I still, if I have a question, I'll hit up and ask certain questions. I don't think that ever stops. You know? Yeah. It's always uh, always best to make decision by committee, in my opinion. Well, <laughs> like, plus they've been through don't... it before too. You yeah. know, it helps the learning curve. When you've got a good knowledge base to to reference, it, it's immensely helpful. But definitely, you do have to go through your own trial by fire. I mean, I've got a box full of rejects out there that didn't make the the passing grade or didn't swim, and I mean that's just part of it. That's what all the ones I've tinkered around and made. I've got a hundred percent failure rate. <laughs> the hey, at least you're consistent. Baits. You're also like making bananas and monkeys and all kinds of, the, yeah, just side projects. <laughs> now, was there a project, uh, a marking product of choice before the glide bait was it like a birdhouse or pizza paddles since you were into woodworking was there like something you'd love to make before glide baits 
I have a couple coffee tables, a computer desk, a couple end Ooh. tables, TV stands. <laughs> so would you say a glide bait is harder or easier to make than a coffee table? Uh, to actually shape it, it's the, the glider for start certain. to finish a coffee, a coffee table and a glider start to finish. Which one is more, more of a headache? Uh, probably the glider as far as getting the weighting down correctly. Wow. Are you taking yeah. orders for coffee tables? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I, Ryan, if you order a coffee table from Keystone King gliders, I'm going to smack you right, right here on the podcast well i i need a table to, zoom to, call i need a table to put all my keystone king gliders on there you go there <laughs> you coffee go. table with a shadow box for all your <laughs> precious lures. now we're talking maybe some keystone oh. king uh tackle boxes how about a shadow box that sounds like a good idea i need uh, a good... i don't know if you can afford it or not right probably not <laughs> <laughs> probably not how many how many baits do you plan on bringing to musky max this year well, right now, I think I have 125 done, so I'm shooting for 300. Wow. Nice. But nice. Awesome. I was planning on doing the Ohio show, but work got in the way, and I couldn't get off, so that's why I got so many. Normally, I start building January 1st for Muskie Max, but I started early because I was planning on going to the Ohio show, but I couldn't get off, so. More for you Big guys. selection at the max then. Yeah, yeah. what what do we uh I don't want to get too far ahead of the conversation because I have a tendency to do that, but we got any uh custom paint going on for 2022? Yeah, there's a few. I think right. that, I think pretty much the majority of them are all gonna be custom colors. I have a few of the standbys, you know. For some reason I can't get away from clown. People clown. Color. It's you the can't best. beat the clown. That's the no, best. That uh, purple shad. I know I'm bringing that. Uh, I know. <laughs> the secret's out. <laughs> I know. Darn it. Here's but a question many... for you, Mark. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. If you had your preference, would you fish, like if you, you know, wherever you're going tomorrow, you're going fishing, rivers or lakes? You know? Oh, lakes. Lakes by far. Yeah, I, I don't just have know very a lot much of experience in rivers. Yeah, I, wish I know a lot of people love the gliders from rivers. I wasn't sure if that was what steered you that way or no, it's just fishing and around the weeds. That's that's where I kind of developed my love for them. And I, and it works too. I like you know imparting that action to get those fish to hit. So talk about imparting the action. That's something that I like. It took me quite a while to really figure out. And I think Tom broke it down to me because I kind of felt like you had to use a lot more overworking it. Yes. Like I felt like, Oh man, I'm, I'm watching guys on YouTube jerking, you know, giant bulldogs. And like, that is totally not what, what a, you know, what these gliders are. It's a very subtle movement and learning that subtlety, I think was, was really, really interesting. Uh, I mean, what do you think of, of like, you know, the movement of a glide bait and you know, how, how you get it to move the way you want it to move? Well, the, the easiest way that I tell people, if you've ever fished the top or like a Zara spook, it's the same type of action. You need to have slack in your line and twitch it just like you would fish like a Zara spook on top. 
but you're obviously at subsurface. A lot of people, they try to do it with a tight line and that's not going to work. You have to have that slack in your line. I think that was the toughest thing for me, learning how to use gliders to get it. So I was taking my line up tight enough that I wouldn't end up with too much looseness on the spool for the next cast and then backlash myself and yell at myself that whole game but first day (laughs) i just i think it's interesting too because i i think like i wanted to get into glide baits and i actually think the reason i got into throwing the glide baits is because of mark because i remember talking to you at I think that was your first Muskie Max, right? I, that was like only a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, and that was the first, I would say, like actual glider. I might have had like maybe one or two of the small phantoms that I don't even know that I really threw those things or gave, you know, gave them justice. But <clears throat> yeah, that was that was like the really cool experience for me because I got to pick up a couple of your baits and then we got to fish that year. And that's kind of just watching somebody that, knows how to work a glider that's like such a huge deal when you've never thrown one you know that's the kind of thing that that's really helpful that you can kind of watch as somebody's working it and then the one thing i will say is like that i've learned is i feel like every glider brand is like completely different (laughs) like that's the one thing like if you're throwing a keystone king or a bazooka or whatever you're throwing like completely different all the way around so it's not just like one cadence fits all which is i i, I kind of it's just real intriguing to me how you know all these things are differently built and how you have to kind of fish them differently yeah and i even have lures of my own that have their own personalities too where one's a little bit different than the other and i think a lot of that has to do with the variation in the wood too but yeah it takes it takes me even when i put on one of my lures you know a minute or two to to figure out the rhythm to get it to swim the way I want it to, or to well, glide the way wood, I want it to. Wood by nature is, you know, the, the buoyancy in each piece of wood is going to be slightly different because no, no two pieces of wood are exactly the same. So with a glider, you have to be so specific with the weighting and how do you manage the different, you know, the variations between pieces of wood? How, I mean, how do, how do you get them to all kind of act the same? I have a book list and I have, I weigh all my blanks after I get them all cut out and routered. And then I, I weigh them all. And then I have a book that has how much weight needs to go in each one per the weight of that blank. So then I know how much when I'm putting lead in, how much I need to put in. But yeah, I have a book in the shop that has all that information in it. Hmm. I'm a firm believer that like, there's always that magic one. So if you're going to get, get them just get 10 and then you know 20 yeah 20 20 is a safer bet for sure one's gonna work as as long as all 20 are painted in clown no I got there's, there's another pattern you should get too what's that there's one other pattern ryan should get too purple shad <laughs> there you go oh i got the purple shad at least i think that's purple shad that's the uh, that's the Jordan special. I like to call that one the Jordan special. Wow, burn! <laughs> hey man, what are you gonna do? He posted pictures of it. It's not like everybody in the world doesn't know. 
It's a good color. It it takes one picture on Facebook and it's. Oh, uh, yeah. I got my nickname, Donnie. You know this. (laughs) Trying to be able to Ryan Reed. Bobby Bear Paws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's a man of many nicknames, Ryan Reed. Mm. That he is. He gets a new nickname every week. Pretty much. That's how it works. So, Mark, Mark, how did your baits do this year? Uh, did you did you catch some fish on your baits this year? I've caught a few, yeah. I there's a saying that says the more popular you become as a bait boater, the less time you have to fish, and that's a hundred percent correct. So I probably fished the least amount last year than I have in the last ten years. So oh, wow. I didn't catch a whole lot of fish, but I got a lot of fish pictures, which made up for it. That's it's got to be a good feeling. Oh, that's the greatest. That's why I do it. I, I wish more people would send me photos. I think there should be a rule. Like if someone buys one of your baits, they should have to send you any photos that, right. that you know, of, of fish that caught on those. We'll make, we'll make Owen draw up a sales agreement. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a contract. <laughs> have there been any fish this year that were like really far out there? Like we talked to Evan and I think he mentioned like some Wisconsin or Minnesota fish. Have there been any kingfish out in the Midwest or? that you know of yeah I, I mean i got lures i got them all across the country canada minnesota wisconsin iowa illinois indiana down to virginia they're everywhere that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome but the uh the biggest fish this year actually came in my backyard it was a 50 and three quarter i think wow. really yeah wow. i won't I mean, say exactly that where that was at but i don't want to yeah. blow up the spot but it was close. You can, you can just send me the GPS coordinates later. Yeah. All right. After afterwards. That's so. There's a bunch of bunch of sneaky little spots down around that area. Yeah, and the thing is, it was caught on that secret weapon, which is the smallest glider I make, which is surprising too. You know, those small lures they do catch big fish. They do, but I think people are a little scared of the smaller gliders. I think we talked about this on the last episode, too, how they're a little more touchy and a little more moody to work than your bigger glider. But once you figure it out, they can be like a deadly little weapon for sure. Yeah, And I think a lot of the reason is people use too big of a leader on them, too. Mm -hmm. I use those spring leaders from Stealth Tackle, you know, like the five and a half, six inches. But those are probably perfect for that lure. Yeah. And no, I don't use a swivel on my leaders when I'm throwing a glider. I think that pulls the nose down and makes it a lot harder to get them to work correctly. So do you do like a single single strand and then a split ring or? The, I use a snap. That's okay. why all my lures have snaps on them because I guess yep. I have a welded ring and then I just split ring it to the lure. Okay, yep. I think that was one of the things Owen was saying, how we kind of got out for a little when we were playing around with gliders earlier this year. That was one of the things I watched him do with the little glider was overworking it, just like trying to really give it those pops like you would for like a foot long glider. And those little ones, like I told him, you don't really need that. That's all real. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you can pretty much just do that one with the real itself. Yeah. I mean, the reels we're using nowadays, they pick up, what, like 40 to 50 inches of line per turn. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, crank sure the handle like half a turn, you're, you're giving it. And stuff like that. Yeah. And another thing for people that are just starting out, I think having a shorter rod mm-hmm. definitely helps. You, I mean, I know having a nine-foot rod is nice when you're throwing, you know, bulldogs and 
even diving rise baits, but starting out throwing a glider with a nine foot rod, you're going to struggle. Yeah. I know I did for a while. I just, this year is the first year I, I moved up to an eight and a half foot. And uh, I still, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that's right, but. That's yeah. a, my, my go-to glider rods, uh, like seven and a half foot bass combo, really. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I used for years was a seven and a half foot. The only reason I switched is because it kind of hurt you on the figure eights, but gliders aren't really a figure eight. You know, they're not real well known for catching fish in a figure eight, although I do have video of one hitting it in a figure eight. But I was going to say, you have one blowing up on that bait boat side. Yeah. Now, how do you I prefer I... to do that, Mark? Because I know some guys will just dead stick it and kind of like let the glider fall with the boat. Do you prefer to take it around a few times or? Well, what I do, I usually pause it like, say, 10 feet out from the boat. Okay. I do that death pause at the boat. I run it like it's a bucktail. It's got that tail. It's moving. Mm -hmm. I, I go right through. I don't try to twitch it at the boat. I, I run it like a bucktail. And yep. then I'll hang it on the corners, and that's usually when they'll eat it. I've noticed that, too, with a good glider. And I know, like, with that peanut I have, if you pull it at, like, the proper speed, even if you're not twitching it, it still has kind of, like, a darting action to it. Like, it still wants to go left and right, even if you're just reeling it steadily. Like, in that end of those, like, first couple turns of that figure eight, it'll still give it a little shimmy going up around the – hanging it in the turns. It's cool. Yeah. What the heck was that? I have a uh, very horny cat over here. Tom's horny cat. Yeah. She's looking for a boyfriend and she is not having much luck. Uh, I thought she maybe did. it was Ryan screaming there was a fish or something on TV. Nah. Yeah. Replaying that video. Uh, Donnie, did you have you had your hand up earlier? What were you doing? I, well, I did have my hand up because I, I had a question for Mark, but Tom went and kind of bogarted my question, my pre-show right question in. that I had for Mark, which is I was just going to ask because I've fished with, you know, some different people over the years and that's, that's glide baits kind of the one bait that it seems like there's a lot of different things that people will do with it, you know, both side and coming into the, the, the figure eight and what have you. So I was just kind of curious what Mark does with that, but he already went into that, I guess. So thanks, Tom. Anytime I'm on it. <laughs> I'm trying to be like Nick. I'm coming prepared with notes ahead of time. <laughs> it's just interesting to me always to hear what, you know, different people's tactics, especially with gliders like that. Cause I feel like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of different things that people do with them and uh, different variations that you can do with them. So I think it's pretty neat. I think that's what I do right or wrong. That's, that's how I do it. The other thing that's really cool is with the weighting and stuff that you have in the gliders, you know, some of those, like the different models, I'll just call them models. Like some of those might be like better suited for like moving water or like creeks. Some of them might be better suited for lakes. Like, and that's kind of a, to me, that's always like a, a huge deal is, you know, when you have, uh, cause these are essentially tools, right? Like we don't always look at baits as tools. We probably should, but you know, it's like that, specific like that peanut for example maybe a little slower sinking or whatever the case is like that might be applicable applicable for like a specific type of an area you know that's to me that's always like amazing how you guys can build products to kind of fill gaps 
if you will, you know, whether you're on a lake or a creek or a river, I don't know, it's just kind of neat thinking through that and what it, what, what goes into being able to, to create a, a line of products like that to, to fill gaps, essentially. Yeah, that was about five prototypes on that one. I have a bunch of sitting in the shop that are too light and float. And I, I struggled a little bit with that one when I first designed it. But yeah, I built it pretty much for fishing, like wintertime fishing the creeks. Although I've caught fish in the lakes on them. But that's what I designed it for was fishing in the, in the creeks and rivers in the winter. Is there anything uh, that you're planning to build in the future that you're still working on? Yes. I'm working on a six inch twitch bait that Ryan threw it this summer and it had some action on it, but I've been struggling and it's not where I want it yet. And I've since day one, I won't release something that I'm not a hundred percent confident in. And I know it'll catch fish, but I'm not getting the consistency that I want out of it. So it's still on the drawing board, maybe next year. Have you tinkered with the, with those twitches at all? Trying to like try trolling them at all? Yeah. Donnie and I trolled them at Lake Arthur. Okay. I've, I've tinkered with it a little bit. I can tell (laughs) you it trolls, it trolls real well. It doesn't get down real far though. That's all right. uh, That's okay. Just got to troll it in the right place. Yeah. I got one hit. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to land it, but I can tell you it'll they'll catch. Oh, Ryan was with me when I caught one on it. I caught a bunch of pike on that one you gave me up in Minnesota too, but and I moved a couple muskies on it. I, I couldn't get one to eat it, but they wouldn't need anything else for me either. So I, I'm not going to blame your bait on that one. Yeah, and that was one of the first prototypes. Also, I've changed a little bit since then, so they're better. Oh, I really want I'll, to I'll see. be uh, I'll be looking for him at the show. Yeah. <laughs> now, without giving too much away, what's the price point on that? Is that about the same as what a glider is going to get you for? Or the Twitch base, uh, they're going to be fifty dollars. Okay. Which yeah. is, I mean, that's completely in the ballpark. I think what's normal nowadays. I mean, well, I try to keep my prices somewhat normal. I mean, I obviously I'm not going to do it and take a loss on the on building them but yeah some of these prices i look at i'm just like there's no way i can charge somebody a hundred dollars for a lure but that's what i mean when you think about how much epoxy each one's got on it that's a a bill right there it's it adds up uh, quick and that's Man, the it by the gallon i mean you i've gone through i think four gallons this year so yeah it's a hundred bucks a gallon so that's the nine inch time Go ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna say that's the nine-inch twitch you're talking about, right? For for Max. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty, you know, that's a a nice profile bait at that price point too. You know, sorry, Donnie, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I, I mean I was just gonna say, like, you know, until I started talking, and it's just in recent years to you know, bake bait makers like Mark and Evan and John Jennings is another one, like. You don't fully realize, and, and Owen as well, but I'm just we're talking crankbaits right now, but uh, at least I didn't. I never really thought about how much time these guys put into just each individual bait, just the way that it has to, you know, with 
you the paint and then letting it dry and, and epoxy and letting it dry and epoxy again and, and getting these weights and all of this stuff. There's so much that goes into them that, you know, it sometimes we might look at the, the price right off the bat and be like, whoa, 50 bucks for a fishing lure. But it's like when you when you think about what what goes into it, that's really not much at all. It's it's a very reasonable price. We're also conditioned as musky fishermen to, you know, not be afraid to spend money. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. kind of, it was kind of weird <laughs> spending as much time as I did last year, trout fishing. And I'm like buying all this stuff for like 12 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. wait a second. That doesn't get you a whole lot when you're going steelhead fishing. That doesn't feel right. <laughs> 12 bucks. You can buy even like buying pins minnows. It's like, 699 and i'm like wait a second that's that's not the bill i'm used to and the price of wood has gone up i don't know if you've priced mm. out you know wood at your local lumber yard but it's outrageous how much it's increased yeah i didn't even think about that for even like mahogany's gone up significantly actually that was the one that hasn't it's gone up a little bit but I was okay. looking at some of the other ones. You know, I know some of these guys make their lures out of cedar. And cedar, at my lumber yard, it, like, doubled in price. Oh, wow. I'm just, holy cow. But, uh, yeah, I bought the last of his stock. So, he said the next time I go in there, I may have to uh, fork out a little bit more. But, yeah, I bought all he had. What size pieces do you buy? Like, are you buying, you know, eight-foot-long pieces and cutting them down into – into sizable you know bait bait size pieces i bought yeah i think the, the ones i bought were 10 foot and they're they come in variety of widths from whatever you know he has if he's got six inch or these last ones i bought were 13 inches wide so and oh, then wow. i yeah i kind of i usually cut them in half and then i plane it down to the thickness that i need it and then go from there so are you doing all this at your house? Uh, do you have a shop like at, at your place or do you have a shop somewhere else? No, I have a detached garage that I call my shop and it's all done. Okay. In there. All right. We had and, talked last time. Did you get the, the uh, fume hood thing that you were waiting on? Ventilation. I think last episode we had, you mentioned some ventilation system. You were going to get an upgrade. Did that oh, yeah, happen it's, yet? It's, it's all done. Yeah. Nice. I'm looking at an air filtration system now for the uh, shop. So, yeah, it's getting pretty full in there. I need to, I keep telling the wife I need a new garage. <laughs> there you go. That's what happened with my dad. My yeah. dad ended up, he ended up building a 25 by 25 foot shop in my, in my parents' backyard. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, he, my dad built his own airplane. So he, he's, you know, he kind of took it to a different level. But yeah, he definitely outgrew our, our garage. So if you get a new garage, does that mean you get to, to add, you know, maybe like a third boat in there at some point? Uh, no. Two, no. two is my limit, yeah. What kind of boats do you, do you fish out of? Or I have a uh, Lund Rebel 16-footer, and that's the only one I'm fishing out of now. And then I bought a... Uh, a low roughneck John boat. Okay. What was last year that I'm designing into the ultimate musky boat. 
tiller life, you know. I, I want that big front deck because <laughs> I don't do any trolling. I cast, I cast 100%, and yeah. I like that big deck. And you get and right I up in a, shallow with, with that guy. Yeah, and also, like, my lawn that I have now only has a 55-pound thrust trolling motor, and when it's windy, that thing with the high sides gets blown all over the place, so I overdid it and got a – I think it's 112-volt Fortrex on the front of it. So yeah, oh, it's wow. gonna scream. <laughs> That's awesome. This uh, this John boat, are you like? Is that something you're planning on taking in creeks and stuff? Because I know you mentioned creeks earlier. Like, are you gonna put a jet or something on this, or uh, is this I gonna have, be a lake boat? Or it's gonna be a lake boat. Okay. That's been... that's my my dream for my second boat when it comes along. If I get a compliment to the tracker it's going to be some kind of a john boat with a jet so i can get into some skinny water i wasn't sure if that's where where you were heading with that too uh, not at the moment now <laughs> it'll it'll be a little while but that'll be about the perfect setup for uh tamarack once that gets gets back into swing yeah. electric only you'll be able to be able to power up down and around anywhere yeah. you want that's where I cut my teeth was Tamarack. Really? Yeah. I miss yeah, that. It's, ex it's exciting. It's, I, I think they're starting to stock it with at least like the forage and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so. Where do you fish normally now? Like what, you know, will you, do you go over to Ohio? Do you fish locally? No, I fish over in Ohio quite a bit, but I do fish like Pomatuming, uh, Wilhelm, Lake Arthur, and then I go over to West Branch. But those are like my four main lakes that I fish. Do you ever travel anywhere else? Do you ever go to Canada, go to Wisconsin, Minnesota, anything like that? Never been to the Midwest. I've been to uh, obviously uh, New York and I've been to Kentucky, but that's about it. I haven't really traveled to Canada other than when I was a kid and that was all for walleye and bass fishing. I started musky fishing late. Did you so, so in Kentucky? Did you get the fish cave run at all? That's where I was fishing. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. I thought so, but I want to make sure. Yeah. Sorry, Don. Again, I keep cutting you off tonight. <laughs> I was just going to ask where uh, you kind of touched on it there, but how did you get into musky fishing? I, I don't think we actually covered that that basic uh, question here yet tonight. Where, where did you get started? How did you? How did you start chasing these crazy, stupid fish? I hooked one fishing in a bass tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no more bass fishing after that. No, huh? actually, it, it bit me hard. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And then uh, I fished a couple other bass tournaments, and I, I, well, I hooked a couple and actually landed real small, like 14, 16 inches. And uh, I, I got to learn more about this. So... I work at night and I was driving around one night and I seen a guy pull into a gas station that had a musky sticker on the back of his boat. So I stopped and started talking to him and became friends, friends with him and actually caught my first musky musky fishing with him up at Tamarack. And then it's been nonstop ever since I, I haven't fished for anything else other than trout with my one son. It's been all musky. And, and so how long ago was that? What year was this? Like 2007, 2006, okay. something like that. All right. 
So it wasn't too long after you got into muskie fishing that you started building baits then too. So you were you were you were all in, huh? I was all in, yeah. I still am. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Now have you persuaded the son away from trout and too musky? Pardon me? Have you persuaded your son away from trout and too musky now? He's actually went with me. He caught his first musky when he was nine casting. And uh, he'll go once or twice with me, but the action's not there yet for him to, to say, hey, I want to go every time. So, yeah. you know, I'll take him trout fishing and we'll go out in the lake and go bass fishing. But every now and then he'll go trout fishing. Now, my older son, I haven't gotten him one yet, but we're still trying. That's what I do with these guys. When the action's not there, I take them trout fishing so they don't get all upset and poo-pooey. Oh, yeah. No, let's let no. Let's say this: Tom is like a child whose attention span <laughs> can't take when musky fishing slows down. So he's like, "Oh, let's go fish trout." We're, have we're to go reef on my go reef thirty trout out and get back to normal. Hit the reset button. Oh, Makes him feel yeah. better about himself. I never Only see the fly rods though. It's always spinning gear when you're trout fishing. Let's go. Oh, I got the fly. The fly rod is actually in the Jeep at all times. It just never That's... leaves the back of the Jeep. He I'm referred just... to that as a snagging rod. I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> just make sure you take a picture with it over your back. That's right. That's our rule. So I have I have a question. I am very curious because I don't know that I've ever asked you this before. So you and you, your tournament buddy is basically your dad, right? So you yeah. fish, you fish with your dad a good bit. So how did you get, did you get your dad into musky fishing or was he doing this, you know, off and on maybe prior to you guys, you know, hit, I guess going all in on it. No, I got him hooked in it. And I, you know, he's going to be, 73 here and on the 19th of january and he still casts probably harder and fishes harder than a lot of 40 year olds out there he's starting to slow down a little bit but yeah he's all casting too i uh i watched you guys fish at the kerwinsville tournament a couple years ago Mm -hmm. your dad out he definitely outfished me that day (laughs) Because yeah. I was, I was more, uh, it got real cold in the afternoon. If you remember that I was basically huddled up eating sheets, hot dogs out of my backpack for the last like three hours of that one. And I was watching you guys fish. We were kind of in the same area towards the end of that afternoon. And he, he definitely outfished me. That's why I wanted to ask. Cause uh, I haven't had a chance to ask you one, uh, ask you that yet. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely goes out at heart. Now, did he have anything to do with the woodworking thing? Was he a big woodworker when he was younger, and that's how you caught your love for it, or that was two unrelated things? Or no, it's unrelated. He, huh. he never did any woodworking. The only thing that we've ever done is build a couple tree stands when I was in high school. Huh. What does he think? Is he pretty impressed by it? Then I would think. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's proud as a peacock. Good, <laughs> and he helps me too. You know. I'll get a bunch of blanks and then I'll have them all marked out and he'll, he'll drill holes for me every now and then, or he was cutting out some blanks for me, but other than that, it's all me. That was actually going to be one of my questions. If you had any, uh, anybody else helping. So yeah, everyone, everyone's just answering my questions. Or Sorry, Donnie. <laughs> I don't even need to be here tonight. Uh, Mrs. 
Mrs. Keystone King helps a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, right? She, she'll be at the shows or. Yeah. She, yeah. She works out. She comes to the shows and she also, she helps put on hooks. Okay. And, uh, marketing, marketing manager. She's and resident. She's in charge of all the finances too. And the swag. <laughs> Yeah. And all the all the Keystone King swag. Yeah. And resident nurse. Can't forget that. Yeah, when Max. Tom cuts his finger off, it must be Max. And there's blood. She came, she came to the rescue hey. with the band-aid. Oh. Yeah. I've heard about this so many times. I don't want to get too far off topic here because Mark's the 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 star tonight, not Tom, but I got to know why, how did you cut your finger off at Musky Max? Cause I always, because, I had, because I had sharp scissors, Donnie, Owen, because I had sharp scissors. Owen had like, these, these, uh, these murder weapon scissors that we were using to put on the shrink tube. And I was talking to some, Price. I was talking to some guy about what he should do, or I don't even remember. And I wasn't looking down and I just snipped the tip of my finger right off instead. of. I, and Tom, I remember him saying, Oh no, he, uh, he looked at me and he was like, it's bad. I was like, what's wrong? He's like, I just cut my finger. I'm like, what do you mean? And like Tom and I didn't know each other like last year, like or two years ago. Like we had like just met each other. And I asked him to help me out at the booth. And here he is slicing off his finger. And I didn't know he was serious or not. And sure enough, he it was pretty damn bad. I remember I just grabbed the nearest thing of like the soak blood up, which was like a stack of dirty paper towels. And I just wrapped them around my finger. And Mark's wife was like, are you okay? Do you need a Band-Aid? And I was like, kind of. I think I might actually. As, he, as he's losing color in his face. <laughs> Pass it out a little bit. Right. Did, you end up needing, did you end up needing stitches or anything? Like. I didn't. I, I did the, the world's best glue job on that. It healed up. There's no scar, no nothing. You glued it yourself? But it, it was flapping around like a little lid on like a teapot. Though. Oh, yeah, Gross. dude. That's that's the way mine was on New Year's Eve last year when I, I got it with say, the mandolin. Oh. Super glue in the boat is a, yeah. a, a day a saver. But when you go to the doctor now, sometimes they won't even give you stitches. They'll literally just give you glue stitches. So I mean, that's probably what? just because you're in there like every other Thursday. Probably, yeah, <laughs> they ran out of like. No, I do. I, I do remember taking my son to it was Med Express or something when he he had you know busted his eye, and they said we're just gonna glue it. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, okay, so like, is that really just super glue? And they're like, yeah, more or less. I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing. I mean, it, and my dad, the the woodworking extraordinaire, you know, he, he uses super glue on his fingers as if it's, you know, it's a normal, a a normal, uh, you know, like a finger finger regimen. Yeah. Yeah. He picks up, picks up my kids and they're like, pap, pap, why are your fingers all you know, gnarly uh, super glue. <laughs> I guess it works. A, I, I learned to live that life uh, working in like archery tech for gun shop I used to work at. You're just always covered in super glue. It's inevitable. It's, and it's broadhead cuts, anything. I feel like <laughs> we all have stories of super glue. Like my, my brother, I busted his eyelid off of his face the one time. And it was just, they glued it right back on. Just happens. Happens to the best of us. I'm uh, knock on wood. I'm I'm still waiting for like a real bad hook hooking, uh, you know, incident. I I have yet to have one and not again, knock on wood twice, five times, whatever. 
but you see pictures of of hooks going straight through people and having to cut them out and whew. I uh you almost got one at Hunks weekend last year when I uh th- by the way Donnie had the most concerned dad look on his face when that happened we were pulling away from the dock and Owen goes just toss me a raptor and I'm like all right oh, yeah. I toss him a raptor and I look over at Donnie's like oh, oh. and I'm like gr- reaching up with one hand like <clears throat> catches it right oh, in one he's hand not really gonna try and catch that is he oh it did it happened got there it were- no hooks that's probably why that's the main reason why I lose so many fish. My hooks just are not sharp enough. I have to do the Owen test next time. Right. Can't get you human, you can't catch fish. That's true. It's accurate. Dad, my my heart sunk when I saw that all transpire. And I, I just didn't understand how no one else thought this was a bad idea. I knew it as soon as it left my hand. I knew it was a bad idea, but I couldn't take it back. It was it was just sailing through the air and I was just whatever happened happened. It all worked out. It all it worked did. out okay. It was fine. I do want I also, to uh, I I also have cut hooks out of people's hands before. Never mm-hmm. out of my own, but out of other people. But let's get back on Mark. Mark, you yeah. ever cut any hooks out of your own? <laughs> uh, I've come close to getting a couple in, and it's not getting the lures out of the fish; it's getting them out of the net with the fish in the the, the net. Mm-hmm. You know, you reach down to try to pull that lure out before you reach in there and grab the fish, and they'll end up thrashing. And I've come close to getting one in my hand or in the wrist, but not not yet. Yeah, that's the nice thing about the glide bait. You can kind of just grab onto the side of it, and as long as you don't let go of that bait, it's not going into your hand. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Once thrash a head shaking. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. not gonna hold on to it. It's yeah. gonna go sliding yeah. everywhere. I, I got video proof of Tom trying that move with the Leo the earlier. Oh yeah, too. That also that's my method. My heart sink. You can yeah. tell these guys haven't had to dig one out of their hands yet because they're pretty brash with them. I had the same feeling the first time I ever fished with Tom at the river. It's like unhooking one. And the hook's like right next to his forearm, just reaching right by. It's like uh, he's I, I would have more to that, but this cat I, I'm on mute right now because this cat is just going wild. I, I don't know if you can hear it. I, <laughs> there's more I'd like to contribute, but she won't let me right now. Are you hearing this? I can hear it. Dude, let the poor cat outside. Let it get a little bit. It came in from outside. It it adopted me. That was, I do. Wow. So. All right. I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah, let's let's try and let's try and get back. You want to you want to tell the the Ryan screaming story because I feel like that might be a good direction to get us back on fishing instead of Tom's horny cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I call Ryan up one day. I say, "Hey, what are you doing? Let's go fishing." So we meet at Lake Arthur, go out fishing, and I'm throwing that new twitch bait of mine. And towards the end of the day. I happen to hook a fish, get it up, Ryan nets it. All of a sudden, I hear this blood-curdling scream out of the side of my boat. I look over and look at Ryan. He's going nuts, you know, like he just won the Super Bowl or the lottery. I'm like, what are you screaming for? It's a 40-inch fish. So if it was a 55, yeah, maybe we'll get excited. But 
I get I get excited about all of them. Do you remember the first time I moved a fish in your boat? The, the first yeah. time I fished, I I you shook for like twenty minutes. Yeah, I was I was amped. I was I was really pumped. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Swink I mean, is laughing because he knows. He said he shook for twenty minutes. <laughs> I did. Knees oh, are knocking. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love Mark's reaction. He's just like, why are you screaming? Why are you screaming? I was like, because I'm pumped up. It's like, what the heck, man? We just bagged a fish. Like, it was a good fish, too. I was was just excited. That's why we like you, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, That's definitely why we like you, Ryan. I'd say it's a, a banner day. Any PA legal fish in the net. That's a something to be excited about i get listen i am i am just as happy to catch a 32 incher as i am a a 45 i haven't caught one above 45 yet but you know every muskie is a good muskie to me i get a little overly excited nothing wrong with that so mark let's get let's get back to uh to to the the muskie muskie fishing or muskie max talk a little bit here and say you know, what, what is your plans? Do you, you know, in the future, you know, what, what's your plans going forward? Do you want to come out with more baits? Do you just want to focus on, you know, making the ones that you have, you know, perfected up until now, or what, you know, what's your, what, what's your plan? Well, my, right now, my plan is to finish that six inch twitch bait and then no more new varieties. It gets to the point now where I, it almost gets overwhelming making so many different patterns and uh, varieties of lures to the point where I, I can't do it. So after that little twitch bait, that's going to be it. I'm going to just stick with what I have and go from there. Now to, to circle back to the jerk bait that you talked about at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, you said you have, a, you have like a couple of those sitting around. How big were those? Like, are those like a six inch, eight inch, I have a 10 and an eight. Okay. And do those have like the, um, what is it? Like the metal tail, uh, you know, like the flap, so to speak, to kind of control the dive. The dive. Yes. They do have that suic type tail on them. Yeah. Okay. For now. Okay. I'm working on one without it though, too. Cool. Now these Very twitch good. baits, are you testing them to be used on like a heavier musky setup? Or are you kind of testing them to be run on like the Ryan Reed ugly stick kind of setup, like your downsizer light gear? Or... No, I'm throwing them. Well, I have an eight and a half foot musky rod. It's it's a lighter action for that six inch twitch bait, but it's still a musky rod and I'm throwing it on a hundred pound test. So it's not like I'm downsizing the 50 pound. And what about your leader? Are you throwing just like a lighter fluoro leader with it or? No, it's straight wire. Straight, straight wire. Yeah. That's most, I mostly throw all straight wire. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that, to see those. For the glide bait, for your glides too? Or are you, you're throwing mainly straight wire or all straight wire? I mainly throw straight wire for everything. The only thing that I don't is on rubber. I'll throw fluoro in case I get a dog ball and then I have to put a new leader on. But 
yeah, all my jerk baits, all my gliders, all my crank baits, I'm throwing straight wire. You know, the interesting thing about that is I, I, we told, we've talked about this before, but there was a day where Tom and I were fishing and he actually showed me this. And I know Mark, we talked about this too, that with those gliders and, and stuff like that, with those straight wire leaders, I cannot believe the difference in the ability to work those baits. Like just as something as simple as like changing to one of those straight wire leaders, that's such a, that's like a huge deal for the, the overall action of the bait. Yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. I mean, you can throw fluoro. I've done it before just to see if they'll glide, but yeah, you get much better action with the straight wire in my opinion. Yeah. From what I've seen, you, I seen, I agree with that for sure. Like Mark like said a before. Six inch? A six inch straight wire or like eight inch what how, how long depending on what lure you're throwing my little secret weapons yeah it's i throw maybe five and a half six inch straight wire and then once i move up to the other models i put on a little longer when it's about nine and you make those yourself yeah i make all my leaders I think like what Mark was saying before too, like if you are going to use fluoro, I found what helps with me is if you kind of eliminate some of the unnecessary stuff on your leader, like rather than have the, the big old ball bearing swivel, maybe downsize your swivel a little bit. Like Mark said, he gets rid of his snap and just solid rings it on. I mean, I think if you are going to use fluoro, that helps a ton. Or put, a welded, put a welded ring on where you tie your main line on mm -hmm. where the swivel's at. I do that yeah. a lot with my single strand. Also, I put a welded ring on both ends. Yeah. I mean, you're using a glider. So how much is it going to really roll? It's not going to cause line twist like a bucktail would. You can afford to ditch the swivel there, I think. Yeah. That's what I do with my wire, too, is I just eliminate the swivel completely. And like where you would do the wire loop to swivel, I just tie that. I tie my line directly to that wire loop instead of having a swivel. And that takes another little awkward pivot point out. And I think that, Ryan, that's one of the reasons you saw that they run just so much nicer. Yeah, with I hear that cat. It's so funny. It's cracking me up right now. It's like, oh, yeah, she won't stop. It's, it's, it's all day and all night. You might want to get her some calming <laughs> treats, dude. Get her something. She, uh, she goes in February to get all snipped up, but I have till February to deal with that. I think she's just excited about gliders because oh, she, she's kitten. been talking all day. She is like in between a kitten and a cat. Yeah, but and she's, yeah, she's, she's looking for a boyfriend, if you know. Between. Yeah, she's look, looking for a boyfriend, if you know any single male cats out there. She sounds like Gizmo <laughs> from... Uh, What's that movie from years ago? Gremlins. Gremlins. Thank you. Holy smokes. Like AB gremlin mode. Yeah. yeah. Pour some water on her. See what it's, she does. That's what I was thinking. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was getting at. That'll, Pour some water on her. That'll do it. So I do have, a, I do have another question and this is bait related. We've talked about colors and, you know, I like the, I like that clown pattern that you do a lot. That was like the bait that I was throwing that first day with you and moved that fish. I just feel like a lot of our, even some of our lakes and stuff, like I just feel like that color stands out so well. We've talked about some of the other colors you're doing. Like there's that blue, what do you call that? The blue perch. 
it's like a blue I can't remember what you call it, but we've talked about some of like the purple shad and, and things like that. What's your, what's your favorite color to paint and what's your favorite color, you know, to throw in any given circumstance? Oh, by far, I would think that my favorite color to throw would be clown. I, it's just one, it's easy to see in the water because our water has got that tannic look to it. So it shows up well. I, I like to watch my gliders, so I know what they're doing. Uh, I never throw black. I know musky fishermen, you're supposed to throw black, but I never do. I'm with yeah. you, man. Like, I, I just, it's everyone just, talks about black bucktails and nickel with a nickel blade. I You couldn't pay me to throw a black bucktail. I, don't, I just feel like if a fish is going to hit something, it's going to hit something with color. I don't know what there's a better chance of it hitting something that's colored than, than a, a, just a straight black bait. I don't know why I feel that way. Yeah. I, I know why I do. Cause I can't see it. I like to watch my gliders. That's part of the enjoyment yeah. of fishing. You know, that's why we're out there is to enjoy it. If I'm not enjoying throwing a black glider, I'm not going to do it. So yeah. But clown is probably my favorite pattern to throw as far as painting them. Black. <laughs> they're simple you just spray black paper. No, but, um, that's the Owen special give me a second here let me think about what i've done here and what what's my favorite to paint purple shad yeah that, that is that one in the blue, i have the blue shad I have, a, I have a bluegill one i have a clown one i also have a black with glitter on the sides. It was like a uh, with green, uh, green, green nose and green tail with glitter down the sides. It was a, it was a two. I want to say it was like a 2020 bait. Yeah, that was one of the show ones, like a nightmare pattern type. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that one shows up. You know, the green. That's the one. You know, I like that. Even though it's black, I like that that you can really see those green. The, the nose and the tail when it, when, it, when you're, you know, jerking it in. Right. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem throwing that cause you can see it. It's the yeah. all solid black where you can't see anything. Right. Now, how much, that, how much do you hate putting all the dots on the rainbow trout? I don't hate it at all. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I have a technique that it's going to be my uh, special technique, but yeah, that, there you go. I always thought that would be, terribly tedious oh it is and trying to space them out to where it looks natural and not having them too too big or too small but uh that's i, th I feel like that might be my favorite color that i've seen you do is that brown you do that brown trout it's like a real goldy like goldish brown that that's such a pretty color i don't know why i'm drawn to that well, I, I don't that, know why ryan's drawn to the trout pattern <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it's beyond me i have no idea <laughs> thank you for that salmon nerd salmon nerd no matter how hard we try we always come back to it it always comes back to the trot uh, always always comes full circle huh? <laughs> all right let's meet tom Power Here's worms. a question for you, Mark. Are you going to go to the? Are you going to have any lures at the swap meet this year again, or was that just because the max was canceled? Yeah, that was pretty much because max was canceled. So guys ordered lures and I had them for them at the swap, but I probably won't. 
I'll, I'm going to be there, but I doubt I'll have any lures unless guys order them and ask for them. I have, uh, I'd like to place an order for a couple of Twitch baits. Okay. <laughs> 2024. <laughs> Delivery date. <laughs> you can't blame a guy for trying, right? That is one thing I am like really excited about. I typically this time of year, you know, we're getting it, we're in show season basically now with Chicago kind of kicking things off. But you know, we got Muskie Max. What is that? The first weekend of March, right? It's like the th- yeah, yeah, fifth and March fifth and sixth fifth and sixth, yeah. But before that, there's a couple other things going on. You know, we've got the the Muskies Inc. Lore Swap. That's in February, right? Yeah. What is the date of that? February. Is that official? Well, let me double check. I think it's a, isn't it the first Monday or second Monday of the month? When's our uh, meetings? It's a Friday. Yeah, I was gonna say I think this Friday. one's on a Friday. 18th of February. Okay. So that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, there's other things going on like road rolls comes into town. I I personally like that stuff, but I don't know. This is just like a fun time of year. I mean, we should be really, we should be out there fishing still, but I saw like nine degrees for tomorrow morning. So, you know, it's one of those things like I'm really pumped about show season and getting out there and talking some fishing. Cause that's like those, those meetings, like that lure swap is probably my favorite thing that we do throughout the year. Like I love max, but lure swap is like, I don't know, just such a smaller venue. You really get to talk to guys and, you know, spend time and have conversations. It's just a cool thing. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the lure swap this year Uh, that we had a good time last year. And I think last year I, I failed to bring my, any of my, you know, I brought like my bucktails because we didn't have musky max going on, but this year I'm going to bring, you know, actually old baits, you know, to, to actually try to swap some stuff. That's why I think I get as excited for that as I do for the shows, just the, the opportunity. There's like so many guys that have, you know, j- older gems that are tough to find now and just stuff you'd never see. The way to do it is you just go to wherever Nick's set up because he's getting rid of all the good stuff and doesn't want anything to do with it. And you just pick through his stuff and yeah, I'll give you a, a junk upgrader with, yep. with each, uh, each purchase. <laughs> yeah, Nick get is definitely early. definitely the lore historian. There's no doubt. I, about I will that, say, man. out of every every table at the last lore swap, I think Nick had the hot table as far as selection goes. If I had to rank him, he was up. I there. only brought like 200 baits to get rid of, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but how many of them were actually yours? Because I feel like half of them were Tommy's. It was about half and half. I did notice that because I would pick up a lure and I'd be like, how much do you want for this? And he'd go, I don't care. It's not mine. Whoa. Hey, uh, I did. I, I, was, another. I was instructed not to bring back any of those lures. That was my only order. I got another question for Mark. So I, I know, I know your dad has a, a top secret favorite, favorite lure to throw. That's not a Keystone King, which we don't have to get into. But well, we didn't get into it. Well, I didn't know if that was. I know we've talked about it in the past, but do you yeah. guys have? Do you guys have any like favorite lure, like go to lures that that aren't you know that you're not producing in your garage? For my dad, yeah, that's that eight inch sand cat. 
that thing's beat. You've seen it. It's beat the heck, but he, he will not put it up. That's his favorite lure. And as far as go-to, if I'm not throwing one of mine, I'm throwing a Suic. Do you have a hard time getting him onto your diving rise? Because I remember you said you kind of made your diving rise to mimic that wobble of the sand cat. Did you try to push that on him at all? Yeah, I have, but it doesn't matter. He still he won't get away because I can't match the color of that sand cat. Uh, he's, say, he's he's got one specific one that's his magic bait. Yeah, that's, I gotta uh, get some of those diving rises off, you, Mark. At least one. I mean, the sand cat is not far off from the raptor, really. I mean, it's it's a similar, totally similar different shape. Actions. What's that? Yeah, I think totally different action. Okay, so what what's the uh, what what's the difference between them? Uh, well, sand cat's buoyant. It's made out of cedar, and I think it has a wobble to it. When you when you pull it, it swims like a crankbait side to side. And then when you pause it, it'll wobble to the surface. Oh. It's got a, yeah. Whereas the, the raptor, it will, you know, hang there and suspend. It stays, it's, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have that backwards, you know, wobble as it's coming up. So two different applications. If you're going to throw, you know, the sand cat in shallow water, where you're not going to be able to get that raptor in there because it's going to be, you know, buried down in the weeds. We may, you know, my dad and I, if it's deeper than six feet, we're fishing in deep water. We're always up in the in the shallow water, whereas the raptor is not real conducive to that. You know, we're, you should talk yeah, they kind of they kind of designed that raptor to be more of a deep weed edge bait. Right. You know, I know if you talk to Todd, like Todd Young and and, and Andy as well i just never really talked to andy about it but i know when i fished with todd years ago that was basically his goal with that when they were trying to to bring it along was you know oh, yeah, it's a great chautauqua chautauqua Corniet lake anywhere right, where right. there's deep weeds you know you go to lake arthur if you find weeds out in deeper six feet of water you found a gold mine because right. they're not <laughs> out there you yeah know, so you're gonna you're gonna be fishing in Two to four feet, and that raptor is yeah. not made for that. Right. There's no fish in Connie Lake. Yeah, I agree. No, the heck, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mark. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Spot burning PA with Keystone King musky lowers. I didn't say where at. <laughs> well, that's, you know what? That's a huge deal because I've been fishing that lake a lot and we only catch pike there. So I am obviously in the pike lake part, part of that lake. There's definitely, I'm not, I need to find where the muskies live there. Don't get upset about the pike. They make it, make the day go by. They do. It's fun. That's how I got it. You can always put one on a quick strike rig. That's right. <laughs> there you go. I didn't think about not that. that I, I've never done it, but. <laughs> That's I, have a, to, a, I have to explore that one. What's that? You have to be. You have to use a. Oh, it'd be 15 inches. I think they have to be. Put like a 17 oh. inch pike out there. Uh, maybe they, they, they have to that. be 15 inches to be used. Either 15 as or 24. Really? Yeah. I thought it was 24. Is it? Oh, wow. 24. 24. Yeah. 24. Yeah. That's right in line with the steelhead. Putting them on a yeah. quick yeah. strike. We could take a steelhead down there. Good luck. 
You can catch one about 20 minutes from there. Yeah. This is, uh, see, when you were talking about where you were, like, geographically located earlier, there's a lot of good areas to fish that way. Yeah. I need to, I need to move further north, I feel like. I keep trying to get my wife to do that, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. So, so here's, uh, like, Mark, like, here's, here's a, this is like a real basic question. If I'm a new lore maker, which I have been, I, I've wanted so long to make a lore, just like anything, what would you recommend that the new aspiring lore builder get for like their first tools? If you just want to make a glide bait and you want to go to Home Depot to, to, to like today and you want to get it done, what would you get? Buy a Keystone tool. King, you'll be way further ahead. <laughs> yeah, it'll save you some money. Yep. Carl, <laughs> well, if I was going to buy a, a brand new tool and I only had money for one tool, it would be a sander. Uh huh. Because I can cut out the lure with a hacksaw if I have to. I can, you know, sand the edges to make that curvature. It would be a sander. Mm. Like one of like those a belt sander or yeah, like one of those combo disc sander and belt sanders. Two, yeah. The two in one. Yeah. You can do it pretty much everything that you need to with that. The rest of it, you could do all by hand if you had the time and or we're making one lore. Obviously you're not going to make, you know, 300 of them with that. No. But... that I mean, that's what stops me. Cause I like Ryan made his gala shed and like, I want to make something like I want to be included on it. And the, the only thing stopping me is it just seems like such a monumental task. I'm like, Oh my God, I need a freaking wood shop to make like a glide bait. Like, well, you really don't. As long as you yeah. don't cut your thumb off, you're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it helps to have tools. Yeah. And if you cut your finger off again on video this time, you might get like 6,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, right. like Good. Yeah. That's, see, uh, see, that's here, how dreams are made right there. Here's what I would say is that if I were Tom and I did not have any children that I had to, you know, spend all my time dealing with, you could, Tom, you could go spend some time with my dad in his shop, which is like probably 15, 20 minutes from your house. And yeah. he's got literally every tool you could possibly imagine. And he would teach you how to do whatever you wanted to. And, you know, uh, and like, that's the type of thing you kind of really need. Cause I don't, I, my dad is a woodworker and I, I never too. got yeah. that. I never got that skill from him. He tried to impart it on me. Mm -hmm. I just, it just was not something that I picked up on. You know, it was not something that came to me easily. And I think certain people, those types of things come to them easily. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, Tom, you may have known it if you were going to be talented in that way. But then again, you, maybe you didn't, you know, maybe you are, and yeah. maybe all it takes is some time to, you know, in a shop and you, you know, you would find something that you like to do. So I mean, there's, there's options, man. You, like you can buy, by all means, go, go hang out with my dad and he'll teach you everything you want to know about woodworking. Oh, yeah, come, come north. I'll, I'll teach you. Yeah. It's not that difficult. I might take you up on that too. I'd like to, I, I've never really been a part of the process of just see, you know, I've seen so many pictures and I've talked to a lot of different bait makers and stuff, but to actually be there while, something is being made or, or during the process of seeing someone making them. I've, I've never been a part of it and I've never made one. So 
Yeah. Would be cool just to watch, if nothing else, I think. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, come come on, hang man. out one day. I think it's weird that we haven't seen it. I mean, you have all these, like, legendary bait makers an hour or two of a stone's throw away from our doors, and, like, why would we not, like, spend a little time seeing behind the scenes how it's done, you know? Because yeah. I think most guys, you know, there's so much proprietary knowledge that you you likely don't want to invite random people into your workshop to teach them yeah, because you never know what they're, they're going to be your competitors exactly yeah. exactly it's yeah. i mean this is such a small market you know i mean let's not right. let's not kid ourselves this is a, a an incredibly small market and you know if yeah if you taught someone your tricks tricks of the trade you very well may be should next have a year we're going to be right next to mark with musky yeah. hunks glide baits <laughs> <laughs> Musky hunks dive in her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Runs just like the sand cat or your money back. <laughs> and the year after that, all of Mark's will be sold out and not one. <laughs> not one of ours, right. It'll just be a big bunch of people with t-shirts that say never again. <laughs> and like all joking aside, that is why I try to do the Galashad. Like and I, I had so much help from like so many different people on that. I just wanted to see what it took, you know, and then that, you know, I haven't built a Galashad in probably what, two and a half years. <laughs> like, it's you just really to kill you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just, I put the wood carving blades down. I thought it was interesting. What you said about sand, the sander, because the tail end of my building, whatever I was doing, like it was more or less just cut it out on the bandsaw and sand it. That way I didn't have to end up in the ER and pass out and throw up everywhere and, you know, go through all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not that guy. I fit, I, I took wood, wood shop, but I am definitely not that guy. I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll work on computers, save money, and I'll just buy Keystone King gliders instead of trying to make one. I had this one written down, Mark. Have you ever thought about do you mentioned like the Zara Spook? Have you ever thought about doing a topwater like the old Phantom Viper style kind of walk the dog, weagle type? I have a couple that I made for myself, but no, I've never thought about making any for for sale. No. no. Have you ever had any action on them? Uh up at Pomatumi and I have, yeah. 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 No, like Evan always talks about this, like the downward spiral of bait making. Do you find yourself like getting into that same thing where, you know, you build one bait and then you just want to build another bait and then a different style of bait. Like, and then you just find yourself like 17 models in, just messing around on the weekend. Did you go through that? Yeah, I I did. When I first started, you know, you want to learn how to say build a Twitch bait. So you play around with it until you finally figure it out. And then it's like, okay, now I want to try to work on this top water and get it to work. And then you keep moving and progressing, but that's how you get experience and get to where you're at. Like right now, I, I have really no inclination other than that little Twitch bait of building any other lures for, you know, selling, but every I think now and you then find- I put something in my, you know, tackle box, I may, do something but i think you find the guys that are the most successful or the ones that kind of limit themselves in in terms of dale wiley never got into making glide baits 
you know, he, or maybe he did and I didn't, uh, or, and I don't know that, but it seems like he's always been making one, you know, the one type of crankbait. Um, some heck of jerk baits too, but yeah, he probably yeah. made some at some point. They're just, but if that's what I mean. You kind of figure out what your bread and butter is, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, maybe everybody made, maybe he did try it, but you know, clearly that's not what his focus is where you found that glide baits were kind of more what you were, you know, you, you felt more comfortable making, or I guess what worked best for you and not necessarily a, a crankbait or a jerk bait. You know, I think, you can make all of these different things, but your personality or like kind of what you find to, to kind of works best. Do you know what I mean? Well, I also that... think you kind of gravitate to the way you like to fish too. Mm -hmm. You know, like right. I, I do not like throwing bucktails. I'll be the first to admit it. No offense. I know you make bucktails. No. But... That's, 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 no I'm the opposite. Throwing a bucktail. Yeah. Like, I, like my, if I, if I go fishing, I'm throwing a bucktail literally 75 to 80% of the time yeah. because that's what I feel so comfortable, but that's just my, the way I like to fish and other people are incredibly successful doing totally something totally different, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think you gravitate to the way you like to fish. So therefore you want to build lures that you use. So I like to throw gliders and jerk baits. So that's kind of the way I gravitated towards it. And, you know, the top water, I built a few for myself, but, you know, the, the, I just didn't want to, you know, stick with it and build them for sale. So yeah, I like the gliders and jerk baits. So that's what I stuck with. Well, it's definitely working, man. Especially those gliders, dude. And I'd love to get my hands on one of the jerk baits, but right now the gliders are what all I've got. Yeah any particular pattern i do the clown i mean the clown pattern you know i think i have i have a clown in the smaller version and then i can't and then i think i have a perch in the larger version which is kind of like a it's a brighter perch so it's got like the bright orange in it mm -hmm. i really like that i think i have four of your baits now um but yeah i think the clown off the bat because if i'm fishing my bucktails that's actually my favorite bucktail to fish which is just the white skirt with a, a you know a, an orange and yellow blade just absolutely if there was one thing that I, if i had to fish one bait that's probably what it would be so that that correlates into what you know the clown pattern that you make it looks right in my in my field of vision i like the way it looks See, Donnie, I can't get away from painting clown. <laughs> Every year people want it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Just as long as you make a few of the ones I like, too. Yeah. <laughs> that that pattern, though, I mean, it has, like, this, like, like orb around it in the water. I mean, it just it does. It, does. it, it, does. Kind of, it glows. Yeah. Especially in our water. Mm. Our water color, it, it glows in the water. There's a couple others that do it too. Like criminal. Or okay. is, is that what you call it? Criminal, the, the black bars and the orange belly. With the orange tail. Yeah, that, that glows too. That's yeah. I think yeah. I have that one in the secret weapon. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's sweet. 
we have any other questions for Mark? I do have one for you, Mark, and it's unrelated to Lores. What are your thoughts on Canadian bacon versus regular bacon? Hey, easy, easy. Wow. <laughs> I don't I don't have an opinion. No opinion? You're okay if, if you get an omelet and it's Canadian bacon and not regular Tom hates bacon. everything Canadian. Tom hates We're everything Canadian. I love our Canadian brothers. Well, See, yeah, but well, thank you, Owen, made, Owen made a thank point you, that Mark. Canadian bacon has nothing to do with Canada. It so doesn't. Does that change your answer there. <laughs> Here's a question. Not, you're not offending you, anybody from <laughs> Canada. Here's a real question for you. Yeah. We'll just keep talking over Tom till he stops talking. I'll just go That's back what on I'm going to do from now head. on. <laughs> yeah. uh, you said uh, you've never really taken too many big destination type musky trips. You did Cave Run, maybe. That was. That's really the only place you said you've kind of traveled to. Yeah, uh, I'm there. That's probably the furthest I've traveled to fish. Yeah. If you had a, a dream dream musky destination, where's where's Mark King going? If he had a week to go somewhere and just where where are you going? If you had Cedar the Lake Lodge to go somewhere and go uh, musky fishing. I'd like to go to Cedar Lake Lodge up by, I think it's just north of Lake of the Woods. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, um, I believe it's on Lake of the Woods, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it think might be. So. No, that's on, um, or is that on, uh, I'm going to Google it. Let's see. Where is it Pigeon, at? Is it Pigeon Lake? Is that where, um, Jesse Baker's? has a place that's pipestone that's yeah pipestone i thought i thought her i thought her lodge was cedar lake lodge i, I was gonna don't I, know that i was I gonna say might that. Be right there yeah i was gonna say that that was the case when you first brought it up but i didn't want to sound like an idiot and say it and it not be it's, right it's not in the 724 so i'll say it right. area code so i'm not much <laughs> help here yeah it's up there where uh Jim Sarek always fishes up there. It just looks like the perfect cast and like Pipestone is is one of Dick Pearson's lakes. Black Sewell is where it's at. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's oh, I would what I, I would too. I would love to go to Laxool. I would I would absolutely love to go to Laxool. So Cedar Lake Lodge, Laxool. That's Mark's uh, dream. That's not the one I'm thinking of. No. No. You know what's messed up is there's probably is it Cedar Island Lodge? Because that's that? the Jesse Baker. Jesse Baker's the Cedar Island Lodge. Okay. Well, that's that's the one I want to go to. She's up on Pipestone, though. <laughs> yeah, that's Pipestone Lake. Yeah, this one's on the Cedar River Watershed. River oh. Watershed. Hmm. It's, it's 150 miles north of International Falls, Minnesota. Well, I know I know where that is. I drove through the International mm -hmm. Falls. Uh, yeah, International Falls. When I went you know, to Lake of the Woods. It's up by that's like more or less where you fly into. Yeah, you fly into International Falls and then rent a car mm -hmm. or do whatever and drive to. You said it's 150 miles north? Yeah. 
Approximately, yeah. See, that's a complete... So Tom, uh, Tom, Tom left us here for just a moment, but you see Mark's, uh, you know, destination, destination trip is Canada. It is not Garbage <laughs> Island. <laughs> it's not. It's not Twin Lakes for truck trout. No. In order for one to go on a destination, you have to leave Westmoreland County. county. From which you leave Westmoreland County. Just stay there. It's not a destination then. Although Tom I guess allegedly, when... Tom allegedly has a passport, so maybe this year he's going to make it make it up to Canada with us. I'm Tom pretty sure Tom is. I Tom's like Charlie ticket. from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just irrational fear anytime <laughs> he leaves the city. Have you ever left Philadelphia? <laughs> I feel like. That. You know what? It's his fault. He w- if he wouldn't open himself up for the abuse, we wouldn't give it to him. What did he do? Take his cat out? I don't know what he's doing over there, but <laughs> he just left. <laughs> he probably so, went back to the fridge to pick up a few more Trulies. Well, I, I did promise my wife that I would I would try to wrap this up by eleven. So uh, we're we're at we're at uh, ten forty seven right now. Yeah, we covered. Cover most everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Mark? No, I'm 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 good. Well, Mark, we got to get out the fish this year, man. I've been waiting for my invite on Muskie Hunks weekend, but Uh I was going to say, I heard Mark wants to come to the weekend. (laughs) I want to show you guys how to to catch them and not just fish for them. I call Mark for my my new partner. Sorry, Ryan. The dream if Mark comes, the dream team's disbanded, and there's a new. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! I I think we have to have like a. I think this year we should shake it up. If we have six people, we have three boats. We should have like uh, we should all draw numbers or something. If the pool straw gets Mark, we'll figure things out. We got to draw names on a hat or something. (laughs) <laughs> well, no. See, last year, like half of you guys bailed out. Nick was only there for half of it. Ryan went and fished with Vance on Saturday, so you know we couldn't have a consistent, you know, uh, you know, group group think type of thing. So we we gotta we'll get things together there here this year for Muskie's hunk Muskie hunks three. We're we're taking new members, Mark, because we got a bunch of flakes with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to fill out an application. <laughs> yeah. You're accepted. You got to send us a glamour shot and we'll decide <laughs> if you're uh, hunky enough. Or 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 send us send us some Twitch baits to try out. Maybe you'll get in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, thank Shirtless you very much for picks. Thank you Shirtless so much for coming on picks. with us. And uh I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you at Muskie Max and you know, seeing what you've got got for us for sale for for show and you know i don't know man i'm just really looking forward to this year and i can't can't thank you enough for coming on with us here this evening and, and we've really enjoyed it well i appreciate you guys having me on it's an honor and i'm i am excited for musky max like watching the chicago show online yeah. it got them juices flowing i'm ready for musky max it's gonna be great yeah. i agree man we'll see you there all right. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, Mark. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Mark. You guys. See you at the max, Take care, man. guys. Save me a blue or a purple shad. I'll see you at the max. It's painted already. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play. Big o don't play.